All right, and here we are on episode nine. Today's topic to dissect is anxiety. So there are a few people in the world who haven't at some stage in their lives experienced this. For some, it can just be minor, a few shakeable, unnecessary thoughts, or it can be all consuming, becoming chronic with clear indicators as to when it's coming on, interrupting our lives and freezing us in the face of apparent fear. I am no stranger to anxiety. Luckily, my curious nature means when I come up with a problem, I learn so much about it that the education on the topic usually resolves it. It may take some time, but it's a uh, tried and trusted way to manage problems for me. Learn, learn and learn. Either way, that doesn't mean that I haven't had anxiety or panic attacks in the past. I have traveled up the country to go to races that I really wanted to do only to back out at the last minute. I've been exposed to anxiety with friends where I can see it coming on for them. I've had to take a hold of their hand, step outside whatever social environment we're in and do walk after walk in circles until things come back to normal. So no stranger to it at all. Let's chat a little bit more about it. Anxiety is the body's natural response to stress. It's a feeling of fear or apprehension about what's to come. Unfortunately, it can cause a cascade of seemingly unstoppable thoughts that manifest tangibly as well. So physically, this is feeling nervous, restless, tense. You have a sense of impending danger or doom. It increases your heart rate. You begin to breathe rapidly. You could start sweating, trembling, feeling weak, tired. You'd also have trouble concentrating or thinking about anything other than that present worry. If this sounds familiar, keep listening. For me, when anxiety comes on, I feel my back get tense immediately. And I can physically feel my nervous system switch to fight or flight or sympathetic. The result of this are the symptoms that we just spoke about, created by adrenaline, which are the chemicals epinephrine and cortisol produced by our adrenal gland. This limits our ability to do important things like digest, and it also affects our blood sugar. It's easy to see that over a long period of time, unmanaged anxiety can and does lead to chronic illnesses. But what's happening during these bouts of anxiety is that we are internalizing. Just for the sake of contrast and to make it easier to understand, examples of externalizing are extreme verbal aggression, so losing one's temper, or physical aggression towards other people. But we're talking about internalization. Internalizing behaviors are our reactions to stress and negative emotions that we hide. The danger here is that studies really do show that continuing such behavior can cause serious damage to one's overall mental health, self-esteem, and relationships with others. The thing is that depending on what environment or place in our own lives we are in, we may be able to change this state and become free of it by taking action. In some cases, by simply cutting down on caffeine, but for others, it becomes chronic. 
If for many months your life has been pretty turbulent, we can end up in a state known as learned helplessness. This is when things feel completely out of our hands. You feel like a shell of your former self and all of the previously small things feel like major, unmanageable mountains. Well, the great news is this. The small things can and will feel small again. Back in 1967, a psychology professor named Martin Seligman was studying classical conditioning, which is to say how a human or animal associates one thing with another. For his experiment, in a large crate, he would ring a bell and give a light shock to a dog in the crate. After a number of times, the dog reacted before the shock had even happened, upon hearing the bell, reacting as though he'd already been shocked. Take a second to consider this. Anxiety relates to the future, about things that have not yet happened. Back to our experiment. From here, he split a large crate, divided down the middle with a low fence. The floor on the side where the dog entered was electrified, while the other side was not. Upon administering the shock to the electrified side, it was expected that the dog would leap to the other side, attempting to control or improve his situation. What happened though, was that the dog merely lay down, seemingly believing, from the first part of the experiment, that they had no control over the situation. They gave up. Conversely, this part of the experiment was repeated with dogs that had not been exposed to the shocks prior. They had not been conditioned by repeated negative stimulus. And what did they do? They leapt to safety on the other side immediately upon the shock entering their side of the crate. This became an important theory shaping psychological beliefs of today. Learned helplessness sometimes remains specific to one situation, but at other times it generalizes across situations. This is what we can call generalized anxiety. I've been there. We can perceive that we do not have the ability to overcome difficulties. However, we should be acutely aware that after a particularly difficult stretch in our lives, we may in reality be acting like the dogs in the experiment. We've become conditioned to believing that there is nothing we can do, and because of that conditioning, we fail to see the other side of the crate, where comfort and safety exist, with just a small step. Another fact about the human brain that consolidates this theory is that of negative bias. Negative bias states that a negative experience will have a greater impact on a person's cognitive state than a positive experience of equal measure. That is to say, as a species, we truly do hold on to the bad experiences more than the good. So, if our minds are biased towards the negative, and we know that we can be conditioned to believe that we are helpless, when we rarely are, then we can come to the belief that we always have the ability to recalibrate or recondition this thinking with the awareness of the studies and facts that I've just spoken about. This is where gratitude and mindfulness come in. Armed with these facts about the mind, we can reverse engineer the thought process 
by putting focus on the many, many good things that there are and continue to be on a daily basis. These are, in essence, our small jumps to the other side, our actions towards controlling the outcome. It's important to mention also that diet plays a large role in our mental game. I'm not a dietitian, so I can only share with you what I have read or found to work for me. But there are certain foods known to increase and decrease anxiety. Of course, like always, one salad won't make you skinny, one pizza won't make you fat. These additions or eliminations from the diet need to be consistent. In my opinion, for at least three weeks to see whether they're benefiting your situation or not. Studies have shown that people who consume walnuts on a regular basis are 25% less likely to develop and suffer from depression. What goes hand in hand with depression? Oh yeah, anxiety. Something that I've found to work for myself is celery juice. Although there are many other health benefits to that also. Beyond this, Eating for optimum brain health includes getting your omegas and often supplementing with a variety of mushrooms, lion's mane being one of them. In many places in the world, we don't have access to some of these mushrooms. However, we can get our hands on capsule or powdered versions of these. Many of the things that I've just mentioned are advised to be taken on an empty stomach so it has the most potent effect on the gut, but to each their own. At the end of the day, when it comes to anxiety, it's a state of mind where you're being told, I cannot handle this situation. Well, I say that is preposterous. As tricky as it may be to overcome, are you really going to allow anyone, especially yourself, to make that decision for you? If it's not death or the weather, you can do something about it. Even if you've been through the ringer. You always, always, always owe it to yourself to try to change the situation for the better, regardless of your past hardships. If you haven't already listened to it and you do suffer from anxiety, I suggest giving my episode on mindfulness a listen, as it will complement what we've spoken about today well. As always, I hope that sharing this knowledge will be of use to you or someone you care about. Stay curious.